Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. This is Stephen Chen with Dialogues in Dermatology. Right now I'm joined by the wonderful Dr. Shilpi Ketterpal, who is part of our Career Launch Bootcamp series here in Columbus, Ohio. I'm excited to have this chance to chat with Dr. Ketterpal. We're both interested in the use of social media and how we harness that in our careers. And so this will be a little bit of a back and forth. Dr. Ketterpal is going to talk a little bit more about Instagram, um, and I'm going to talk a little, bit, a little bit more about the use of Twitter. And so just to kick things off, I'll turn it over to Dr. Ketterpal. I think a nice way to start is just to tell us a little bit about how you got into using Instagram for your practice. Sure. So thank you for having me. I am in practice right now at the Cleveland Clinic and I focus primarily on aesthetic medicine. So, you know, with social media being on the rise and, um, you know, Instagram specifically being created in 2010, now with over a billion users, majority are that millennial group between 18 and 34. And a lot of them look to social media for not only about new procedures, you know, new things, but also just like health information in general. So in a world where there's just so much misinformation, I think it's really important as an expert in the field to give you know important impressions of you know this is what's accurate and this is you know how things should be done so when I started my practice after my fellowship um, or joined my practice I should say that's when I started becoming more and more into Instagram because I had patients you know coming to me with wrong information or showing me things that were not necessarily done by physicians I said you know it's important to have a voice in this field to kind of be very clear in terms of these are my credentials this is where I stand and to convey that information to them. So it's been about several years since I've started on Instagram. And as time goes on, I feel like it just has kind of integrated as a part of my practice and, you know, day to day, uh, you know, with patient experiences and different things that I'm doing in clinic. That's wonderful. I, you know, I, to share my side of things, you know, I use Twitter on the other hand. And one thing that I've noticed on Twitter is that I have a very interesting, not an interesting in a bad way, but just a different group of followers than I expected. Can I just start by asking, who are the people that follow you on Instagram? Yeah, so I would say it's a mix of um, other dermatologists. Um, many of them are international or ones that I've like, met in meetings or in the community that I know. Um, a handful of patients, and I would say most of mine, majority, are in that millennial group. I would say between somewhere between like 20s, 30s, maybe even on the older end in the 40s, but it's definitely a younger population. Gotcha. And do you think the the use of Instagram for you has had any impact in terms of patient referrals, or do you think it's more of an educational platform or, you know, as you mentioned, it could be both? I think it's both because I do feel like I've had patients say, oh, you know, they come and see me for something else. Like, hey, I saw you're doing this procedure. Tell me more about it. Or patients that live, you know, maybe in the near vicinity to me and they said, I found you on Instagram and I'd like, you know, to tell me more about this. I also think it's important to, you know, disseminate information through the way of like whether it's marketing. And also in terms of like collaboration or mentorship, you know, I learn things from my other colleagues in dermatology about different things that are going on. And, you know, it may spark an interest for me to look into something, whether it's a new procedure device or whatever it is. That, I think that's 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 so interesting that, you, you know, it's a great point that social media not only is a great way for you to disseminate information, it's a great place for you to learn a lot of new things, too. Giving my perspective from from a Twitter point of view, I think Twitter has a very different feel to it. I've always felt that Instagram has been, how do I put this in the right way? It's not quite the platform that I'm meant to be on. Um, as a complex medical dermatologist, I feel like people don't want to be seeing images and images of pemphigus and pemphigoid. Um, but instead, I use Twitter to kind of 
I, I try really hard on Twitter to educate um, and to educate not only dermatologists and medical students, but what I've found is my niche group of followers are actually internists. So a lot of internists who are practicing hospital medicine or even primary care physicians, um, and we put out things called these tutorials where you take people through a list of, or take a, people through a series of tweets that can teach a topic. Something that I think is very interesting about the tutorial, which I'm interested to hear about your perspective for Instagram, is that I think it's a great educational tool for getting people interested and getting, getting people engaged. But it's hard to go really deep and have a really depth, uh, excuse me, it's very hard to have a very deep dive into a topic. Instead, it seems like a very broad overview of something that I'm talking about. When you're using Instagram for education, is that something similar that you've noticed, or do you feel like you can get really far into something? You know, I absolutely feel the same way. Most of the things when I post, because you're limited on like how much content you can put per post, you know, it'll be, it's geared more towards patients versus like other providers for them to learn about a procedure. So it's very general and an overview. The only time I feel like you can get a little more information out is say, like, I like to highlight, you know, any highlights in my professional career. So say like a journal article I recently authored could be published and I can put a link to the PDF and then they could read it. But I, I do feel like for most patients that might be overwhelming you know the medical jargon and the language they may not have a full understanding of what they're actually reading right and you're a it sounds like from what i can understand you're primarily a cosmetic dermatologist but practicing in an academic setting do you feel like instagram is better geared toward an academic or a private practice or do you think it's kind of doesn't matter i think you can use it in any way that you like for me because i am an uh, academic dermatology uh, or an academic dermatologist i do get a lot of internal referrals even though my practice is all aesthetic so i'm lucky in the sense that you know it does help a little bit from the marketing side but that's not my primary reason for using it um but i do feel like if you're in a another setting where you're trying to drive patients to your practice it can be a great way it you know it's free and you can have a large reach depending on your following absolutely i i will say that from a twitter perspective i am not twitter certainly is not a place that i would ever think to advertise my services instead it really is more about the dissemination of information and that interchange of of knowledge and so for example for me i still love following people who put out tutorials or interesting tweets about uh, internal medicine or about OBGYN or about some specialty that I have long um, kind of forgotten from medical school that at this point I think it's a great reminder. Do you find that you're able to do that too with Instagram or is it really kind of dermatology focused? For me it's really focused on dermatology and I think this brings up a another point too is that I get asked a lot you know with Instagram and maybe even with Twitter you can put your um, thoughts on this is that you know having a personal versus a professional account so you know for me on Instagram I do have two separate accounts because you know my patients that are or people that are following me may not want to see what's going on in my personal life and I may not want them to know what's going on in my personal Personal life. So I have a private personal Instagram account, then I have a public uh, professional Instagram account. So I'm curious to know for Twitter, you know, how you use it because I know my Twitter I use for personal reasons and I like to follow all these different, you know, whether it's CNN or, you know, whatever it is, but it's definitely not geared towards the medical field. Absolutely. I, I think that was something that was really uh, difficult to figure out at the very beginning. So the backstory is I started using Twitter because it was a requirement for a course that I was taking that I had to engage in some type of new technology and education. And so I signed up for Twitter just on a whim, and I really found a group of like-minded individuals that were interested in educating the public or educating at least other physicians and other medical providers. And that's when I had to make that decision of whether this was going to be personal or private. 
I have really gone the, or excuse me, personal or professional. And what I've really done is veered toward the professional. I almost never post about my family life. I, if I do, it's all anonymous. Uh, meaning if I ever post a picture of one of my kids, there's a big smiley face emoji over their face so that no one knows what they actually look like. And that was a, definitely a decision that I made where there are a lot of people on Twitter who are free, are freely posting pictures of their family. And that's, that's a personal decision. It's their prerogative. Um, but I think that for me, at least, that's what I was more comfortable with. I think it's interesting if you look at Instagram, there are definitely people who you would call, quote unquote, influencers who have, yes, they have beautiful children. They've got wonderful pets. They're all over their Instagram feed. Um, and I think that's an interesting decision to make. And everyone's got to make that decision however they feel comfortable. It sounds like you had a similar similar dilemma as well yeah and i think it, it it has to do with your comfort level and then you know the boundaries with your patients because you know when they come for a visit you want it to be more medical versus if they know about all the stuff in your personal life even if you're okay with them knowing it find i find that it kind of sidetracks things and it just creates you know just more confusion and it takes up a lot more time so i think it's best in my personal opinion just to have things separate that way you know you can you decide what you want what content you want to post where absolutely one thing that people always ask me now that they know that I'm very into using Twitter um, is how it's changed my professional life, if it's given me any opportunities that it might not have. I'm very open about it. I do think that I've been, uh, I've been given some more opportunities just because people know who I am now. So, for example, at the national meeting, at the annual academy meeting, there are people that are in high leadership positions at the academy who've come up to me and just said, oh, I follow you on Twitter, I like what you're doing on that platform. And to be totally honest, it's folks that I would have never met before, um, except for the fact that I, I have put my name out there on this social media platform. Um, and the other thing that's been really helpful, it's helped me connect with other dermatologists. I've actually am now working on a manuscript with someone else who I met through hashtag derm Twitter. Um, and uh, otherwise, it's also given me opportunities to present at different meetings. For example, at this meeting here in Columbus, I'm talking about the use of Twitter for your career. I'm curious if you've had similar opportunities because of Instagram um, that have allowed you to boost your career or boost whatever part of your professional life, it might, uh, whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. I do think networking is the biggest thing. So, you know, you might meet someone at a meeting, it's very brief, but then, you know, by you liking their posts, say, or they seeing, you know, th that they are able to see your visibility on social media. I think that it definitely puts your name out there and gives you opportunities. I certainly feel like some, you know, meetings, things like that, I've been invited to. It's definitely because they see the name, they recognize it, and then they kind of match your name with your face. So I do think if it's done correctly, it can definitely, you know, take you to the next level or help you achieve your goals. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, do you have any tips for future, um, potential Instagram influencers that want to get into the game, specifically in dermatology, any tips that you'd have in terms of how do you get your name out there? How do you get those followers? How do you make good content? What would you say? So I think there's a few things to follow. Um, number one would be like we touched on, keep your professional and personal life separate. I think number two, um, be transparent with your credentials. So like when you, you know, I click on my Instagram page, it says exactly who I am, where I am and what I do. Um, I think it's really important to have something like Instagram where it's largely photo driven. You should 
have a specific social media consent for those photos. A patient doesn't want to sh- look on your Instagram and see a, p- a picture of them that they didn't consent to having there. Um, and then, you know, use a lot of content. I use things in my story on my, um, you know, my Instagram TV. I use that content in the office. So I think it's really important to have content across multiple platforms, whether it's YouTube channel, what have you. And then, you know, follow other people that you look up to. So, you know, other dermatologists or other people doing the same thing, you know, follow them, see what they're doing. You kind of learn from each other. And then over time, it's just a matter of time before your name gets out there. So every time I present at a meeting or in the back of my business card, it has my, you know, Instagram um, uh, professional name. And that way people can follow you. And over a matter of time, I think you just get a following and it just makes things easier. And before you know it, you're, you know, up there with the people that you kind of looked up to and you're able to achieve your your social media and professional goals. That's wonderful. Um, I think it's very similar from a Twitter perspective. I I would highlight the same thing that you said, which is about patient consent. Um, In Twitter, we're very uh, careful to use basically publicly sourced photos for any teaching slides for rashes, lesions, anything like that. Um, And if anyone does want if any patient is okay with using their clinical photos for a tutorial or just a tweet about teaching some aspect of dermatology, we're very careful to make sure they sign a written social media consent form, which I believe most institutions should actually have at this point because it's taken off. There's actually institutions now that have chief social media officers. There are definitely institutions out there who have uh, really taken this to heart as, as the future of potentially medical education. So I think that it's easy to find those things. I like the tips that you create, you've thought about too. I, I would echo the same thing from a Twitter perspective. I think following the people that you look up to and then engaging in a dialogue with them, whether it's through a DM, a direct message, or if it's someone you know, obviously texting and just uh, connecting so that you can help amplify each other's message, I think is helpful. The other thing in Twitter that I think is helpful is that if you follow certain hashtags, just like you can on Instagram, it, it starts to put certain things in your feed that will be much more um, in tune with what you're interested in looking at. There's a lot of political stuff that is on Twitter, and I think this is another tip that I would give, um, is that you really have to decide what this, what how you're going to use this social media. And for me, I try very hard to be apolitical, to not mention politics in anything that I tweet about, because I really feel that my job on that platform is to educate about dermatology, as opposed to as opposed to really putting my thoughts out there from a political standpoint. Um, although everyone has their own agenda. So there are definitely people who both educate and get political too. Do you have any thoughts about the politics and how, especially right now, yeah. like how, how you would, how you deal with all that stuff? I agree with you. Like stay neutral, stay out of that. One other thing that comes up, especially more in the aesthetic realm is be careful with the brand names. So like mm. you don't want to look like you're supporting one or another, you know, I don't have commercial interest in any of them. So I keep things very general. If you're going to talk about a filler versus like a brand name, because then, you know, you never know who's reading it or when it comes across, you don't want to seem like you're biased to something. Um, and I think if you are, it's important to state that because, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're being as transparent and neutral as possible in the information you're giving. The people reading it should know, you know, what you're, um, you know, where you're coming from. Right. And obviously this isn't about you, but I think that there are other Instagrammers out there who do have corporate sponsorship. And so I think that's interesting. What is What does conflict of interest disclosure statements look like in this age of social media? And pretty not pretty much non-existent. So um, the level that people will disclose their relationships is really dependent on that person. Um, so just something for people who are interested in getting into the game to think about in terms of some place that we have to be careful. 
Um, any other tips that you'd, you'd like to share with our listeners? I think one last thing, and this is something that I um, made the mistake of and got burned on early in my career, is that you know I posted a picture, I had the patient consent, and then um, a friend of mine sent me this picture that was posted by someone else. Oh, yeah. My picture. So, you know, watermark things, put your name on them, have some way of, you know, it's it's your photo, it's your right. If you don't want to be reproduced, make sure you take the tasks or steps to ensure that that doesn't happen or that you get credit for it. I think that's a, that's a great tip. Absolutely. Um, same thing. I do the same thing on Twitter. I, I'm assuming most people are not retweeting my, my slides on derm pathophysiology, but uh, I think that's a really good point, though. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was, uh, if you don't mind sharing your Instagram handle, so if any listeners want to start following uh, Dr. Shilpi Ketterpal, I think that would be a great thing. Yeah, so I'm a skin doc, S-K, so S-K-I-N-D-O-C-S-K. Perfect. And uh, if you are remotely interested in following me on Twitter, my handle is dr. Stephen T. Chen. So D-R-S-T-E-V-E-N-T-C-H-E-N. A little bit longer, a little bit harder to use. Um, but when you see it typed out, it makes a little bit more sense. Any parting words for our, our listeners? Or I think otherwise, we're, um, it was a great to have this conversation with you, Dr. Ketterpal, to think about how social media can be integrated into our practices, into our careers, um, and I do think that what's interesting is that even though Instagram and Twitter are both relatively relatively new on the scene, they really seem to fulfill two different niches um, in in the market or in the in the population in terms of who's looking, who's listening, um, who's really following. So again, thank you so much for your time, um, and I look forward to your talk here in Columbus. Great, thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your editor in chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to Dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.